You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays. Sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. You know, an- another fun one. Um, so, funny to talk about, though, like, as, as we're, you know, when you pull up that schedule later in the show, and we're... I'm not doing that. Well, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> Every other show, when you do it. You know, we're, we're in, well, we're moving through that second column now, and that's kind of crazy. I know. We're, I mean, week three's gone. You know, week two of majority of college football is over with. We now have basically a week of NFL in the book. So it just means one thing. The best time of the year is officially here. I mean, it started for... The months that end in Burr, right? (laughs) Right. It started for, you know, Pennsylvania high school football. You know, we're working towards the end of month one, you know, game four coming up this week. And we're going to talk all about... That's not working again. Let's try that again. Hey. Hey, there we go. Hey, there we go. Now we have sound. Now we're doing. Now we're working. That's good. That's cool. (laughs) So welcome back to the Bulldog Hour, episode 10 of the fifth season. And, uh, you know, we're going to recap our game against Springford. We are going to preview the game against Mannheim Central. And uh, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. And we have uh, highlights, we have interviews, and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun. You know, we're uh, moving through the season pretty quickly. It, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, when I get to Friday nights, I'm like, wait, that last game was already a week ago? You know, it's just uh, kind of flying by. But, um, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun so far. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it stays fun. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're dealing with a game coming up, um, that I'm sure has been on the coaches and players mind for most of the last year. Uh, if you recall, I know you do, but in uh, 2018, we went to Mannheim to take on the Mannheim Central Barons and played one heck of a game, uh, defensively, but had trouble offensively and some major letdowns on special teams and ended up losing despite a incredible effort for 98 and a half percent of the game from the defense you know i mean last year the then junior at the time evan simon only completed three passes two of them went for touchdowns i believe and the other one actually wasn't a real completion because it clearly hit the turf but the refs didn't see it Uh, and uh you know is that kind of like the it was completed but out of bounds (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 so speaking speaking of springford we will uh we'll be recapping that entire game we got the highlights and because it was a wilson victory 42 to 23 over the rams the the second win for the bulldogs over the over a rams team this year we will have some interviews real quick at the end we're going to talk to a few uh guys that you know they play both ways but we're going to talk to them mostly about their defensive efforts this past week and then we also grabbed coach dom's as well so let's go over the uh, housekeeping items and we want to recognize our show sponsors that help us here uh, may sandwich shop Topher's 10th and elm cafe and then our two anonymous donors we appreciate your support of the show and helping us out for our fifth season here and there are multiple ways you can do that. Not all of them involve money, but we do have the sponsorships and advertising, and we accept the in-kind donations. Uh, BulldogHour.com is a great reference, uh, not just for what's going on with this show, but for the history and heritage of the team. And then Justin's favorite thing, spreading the word. Yeah, like and share. We enjoy doing these live shows. If I remember to correctly unmute our mics and uh, get the audio sent out, we enjoy doing these shows. One of shows, these years, so. you'll get it down. Yeah, you know. You mean I, I say that as I just sit here and talk. Like, that's <laughs> all. That is literally all I have to do, and I screw that up plenty of times. <laughs> you have a million different things going on, and I still just like to make fun of you. So that's, it's what we do. Well, my next live show without Justin will be next <laughs> Sunday, as I look for a replacement host because clearly that's needed. 
Uh, but no, we'll be back a week from now, September 15th, to recap game number four and preview game number five of the 2019 season, which sounds ridiculous already as what we're talking about. Hey, we're going to be getting ready to preview the midpoint of the regular season. Right. But hey, that's, that's the way right. time works. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. And as Justin alluded to a little bit earlier, whether or not you heard it, I'm not sure, yeah. but the schedule is up here that's if you're watching. <laughs> but... You know, left side gone. We got three columns, column one, column A, whatever you want to say. It's gone. Over with, done. And now the first part of the middle column, that meat of the schedule, check mark, gone. We now have six regular season games left in that column, seven overall, coming up this Friday, September 13th, at Gursky against Mannheim Central, the Lancaster League mandated crossover game. And uh, we fell to the Barons, as I already mentioned, last season in Mannheim and are looking forward to hosting Mannheim Central this Friday. And th- is this this is the first time Mannheim Central has visited Gursky, uh, Wilson, you know, West Lawn since what, 2010, 2011? Yeah, in one of those years. But I don't remember, like, I don't believe I was at those games Um I had other fall commitments during those years. Yeah, I'm trying um, to. I'm trying to remember exactly because I was about what to say I it was is when we 1999, go, but that's not true. Right, but what the one I remember is when we had to go back up there on a Saturday, I think, or even I think it was a Monday. I think it might have been Monday for like bad weather. That was at Mannheim, though. I th- right, I, right. So I, I know there was a game. There was like a pair of games there somewhere in that time frame, but I don't remember exactly when that was yeah that was and that was right before i got really involved like i'd already been coaching at well i coached at central and then at west that first year uh that it opened in 2010 but i didn't start getting big into doing so much on friday nights for the varsity team until late 2010 i think literally the first game that i you know started the twitter account and started uh sending that stuff out was for the playoff game against cumberland valley that uh wilson ultimately lost um, but then 2011 was when things started to really get rolling. And, uh, I, I know at that time, Wilson was playing Mannheim Central was finishing, you know, I don't know if it was a two year rotation or four year right, rotation. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not really sure. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see if I can pull up, uh, the info information here. So we played at Mannheim Central in 2009, lost by two. And I remember that game, listening to it on the radio as we came back from Penn State, yeah. I believe. That game, I yeah. think. Um, what didn't we do? Wasn't, wasn't that me, you, and Adam? Like, weren't we coming home together? 25 rankings are presented Ooh, by Power. Ad, and that's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Like it, they well, all kind of run together. So anyway, September eleventh, two thousand nine, <laughs> Wilson played at Mannheim Central and lost twenty nine to twenty seven. And then in twenty ten, the team also no, they hosted Mannheim Central on September tenth and won twenty five to twenty two and route to an undefeated regular season. Yeah. Now it was they they must have been a multi year contract because I'm pretty sure they played in. Uh, 2011, <clears throat> and that was at Mannheim Central, and that was on a Monday as yeah. it got postponed because of massive flooding right. uh, on their way to <clears throat> the Mannheim area. Wilson would ultimately win 27 to 13 on a Monday. I think it was like a Monday, like afternoon. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was really, so. really, really odd. Uh, but prior to last year, I believe that was the final season that Wilson and Mannheim Central. Played because they did not meet the next season in 2012 as Wilson played Mifflin, Harrisburg, and Reading in their non-league slate. So, you know, it had been a f- it's been a few years since the Barons have been to Gursky. You know, you're talking what would I say 2010? So yeah. it's been nine years since since that had happened. Um, you know, they played them in 2008 and 2010, and uh, we know that the Barons came to Gursky in 1999. Yeah, that was a big one. That was that was a big one when uh, Pete Gilmore went off and the team held on and uh, got revenge for a 1998 game at Mannheim that Wilson thought that they had wrapped up, but um, you know it was one of those funky. Did Jeff Smoker throw a pass or was it a fumble kind of deal oh, in yeah. the rain? See, that was all before. That was our right time before you here. moved. Yeah, right, so. so. 
So that was actually when Wilson dipped down to section two for a two year. Yep. Rotation. Yep. In the 98, so. 99, um, that was the kind of a continuation of the time where Wilson didn't play Mifflin. There was right. a, the first two years they never played Mifflin were, I believe, 94, 95. Then they played twice, 96, 97, then missed again in 98, 99. And then it came back on the schedule, just left a f- couple more times, but now has been played every year since 2006. So. Oh. Yeah, but <clears throat> let's get back on track and talk a little bit about Springford. That game played this previous Friday, and like I mentioned earlier, Wilson winning forty-two to twenty-three started off slowly. It it, it wasn't exactly a well. I mean, the offense started slowly. I mean, the the team, the defense, only gave up three points. Um, yeah, they, it was a big hold too early yeah. in the game, like to um. When Springford had the big play kind of right off the bat from their offense, to be able to hold to a a field goal there um, was huge, you know, because if they get things rolling, yeah, that that's going to be tough. You know, you know, they want to play that, you know, that up tempo, fast, high scoring game. Like that's their style, um, and that's not typically Wilson's style. Not that they can't play that way. We've seen them play that way at times. Um, Certainly the tempo part, but I just mean, you know, like the four or five wide receiver. That's not really uh, the Wilson style right now. Um, but, you know, you you want to be able to dictate the tempo. And while the score would have indicated that, it didn't necessarily have that feel early on. Right. So there was a, yeah, there was that big, big pass by Spring Ford, uh, set them up. Deep in Wilson territory, the defense held, limited them to three points. That's where the first quarter would end. It was three to nothing. Um, Wilson thought that they had gotten on the board with a punt return touchdown. That, unfortunately, was called back. However, Wilson would then strike quickly. I'll be honest. One of my immediate thoughts at that point was, don't let this be like the kick return against Central Dolphin last year, where... yeah. You know, you look back and you're like, man, would that have changed the tone of the entire game? You know, I I was hoping it wouldn't, you know, be one of those things where you're like, man, if we would have turned the tide early in the game. And it, it turned out that it didn't. It didn't like Wilson didn't kind of like hold on to that and, and let it keep them back. But um, that I, I'd be lying if I said the thought didn't cross my mind when when that happened. Yeah, well, they they responded. They didn't let them let that keep them down. Um, they drove the field, got a score next series, I believe was that, was that the, did they get a fumble then? Maybe we should just go to the highlights Yeah, we'll work our way through there rather than try to talk about it, then show it. So let's pull up the highlights here and we can take a look at how the game went on Friday evening. There it is. I knew it was on there somewhere. So. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like we mentioned, it, it wasn't a great um, offensive start, but there were, there were, there were moments where that you could see that they were getting things done. Um, it just, they weren't able to kind of get it clicking. You know, they kind of take two steps forward, one step back. There were just some near misses and things like that. But once they got it going, um, you know, it really wasn't, they they had a few quick strikes basically. Once it, once we got it rolling downhill, it, it really started to pick up quickly. Right. So this is early in the game, the first possession, uh, a, a nice ten yard pickup by Avanti Lockhart, and yeah, you're going to he hear his name a lot a more a yes, lot more uh, coming up. But this is now the spring forward possession that we talked about and alluded to. Uh, it's a nice little screen, uh, just you know, to the the receiver that was set up kind of in the slot. And uh, he races past a lot of Wilson defenders. Gets but good you know hustle to not let it turn into a bigger play. Right inside the twenty, but the defense holds. Springford does get the field goal, goes up three to nothing. Yeah. Uh, in, in the reference of the video, which is opposite of the side that a lot of Wilson fans were watching the game from, the the wind was blowing strong from left to right in terms of the way we're watching it. That was a crazy catch. Yeah, by Brady Gibble. And 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 we you know we had hoped that it was going to set set them some things up, right. but it did not. As once again a deflected ball comes back to haunt the Bulldogs. Right. As Caleb Brown tries to get the ball to was that Brady or Eli? Um, I think it was Eli. Eli. Yes. Uh, it's deflected. Eventually comes down to a second Rams defender. 
Uh, Troy Corson stops him. It doesn't hurt Wilson at all. Um, oh, good. Film not buffering. <laughs> good, great, grand. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, let's see if we can get this yeah, to... Yeah, but uh, the defense does, um, you know, come up with the stop then, right? So, you know, it, it was a little frustrating, but that's kind of what I was referring to earlier. While, like, there weren't necessarily a ton of... Um, Points that they were able to put up early, especially in that first quarter, uh, like like none. Um, it wasn't like completely, you know, there wasn't like there was nothing to show. They had driven down the field. They had the run game going. They had completed some passes. Um, this one gets batted around. So it was a little frustrating that they weren't able to get points on the board there because you're thinking, oh, well, you know, we should get points here. You're only down 3 nothing. You think at least we'd have a shot. And that's one that I believe. No, no that's one we thought he was going to get something of, and he didn't. Right, but he launched. I think it. he referenced that in the paper, like how he, he got close to one, and then he changed it up for the later. But this but, is the one that Mason yeah. Leonard, the junior uh, running back, cornerback, uh, he, he he sprinted over the catch of the ball. He redirects back to where the wall was set up, and they lead him all the way. Unfortunately, there was a, a penalty in here. Oh my! God. Um, and it was called back, but then. Wilson doesn't panic. We're in the second quarter now, and they decide, all right, you know, we've got one nice run from Avanti, but they've been stuffing the run, so they went to quick passes, and they found their, their shifty uh, guy in Troy Corson, who's playing offense for the first time since, what, middle middle of Central Dolphin yeah, game? Yeah, Um And uh, they just keep going to Corson because that's what was working. Short, quick passes. Uh, Troy is so shifty, he can make people miss. And they just rode in this entire drive. They were getting good matchups, and they were just taking advantage of it. And eventually they they go back to Avanti, who just sets him up inside the 10. And, well, the only way to finish that drive is to go back to the guy that got you there. And uh, Troy, you know, again, catches the, the pass, makes a guy miss. And then launches himself into the end zone for I the score. Six ABC Philly had a great, like they had that on on their camera. There, it was it was a great one. And then this happened. Yep. Ethan Capitano, who, like Justin mentioned, he was close to getting one the first time, does get it this time. Bulldogs recover deep in Springfield ter- territory after the defense had a great stand. Uh, Johnny Wildman recovered that one, and now we're going to see a shovel pass to. Mason Leonard, just a couple plays after that recovery, all of a sudden Wilson has up 14-3 to after having been down 3 nothing for the entire first quarter into the second quarter. And uh, now we're going to see how the Bulldogs got to their third touchdown, and that was after this strip sack by A.J. Futrick. It's picked up and recovered by Avanti, and the team is in business. And a handful of plays later, they give the ball to their stud running back, the senior gets in Lockhart for the touchdown, and just quickly within like four minutes of game time, right. it went from three nothing to twenty one to three, and you knew that Wilson was now in control. And uh, now this was a crazy was a, play, absolutely a high play. snap. Quarterback picks it up, and you're gonna see uh, Wilson defender Nate Hoekstra absolutely levels him inbounds. Yeah, uh, but spring for coaches weren't happy with that no. they they swear it was a helmet to helmet but the video did not like show that shoulder, yeah. especially because he had his arm up right um but like we had mentioned if if they thought it was such a vicious crazy hit why was he allowed in. to play right, right away if right. you thought that he ha- was suffering from a head injury or concussion why would you right. but whatever uh so the last play you saw was a spring for a touchdown and to answer that, all Wilson would do would be return it all the way for the score. This is also Mason Leonard, who uh, had a punt return called back, but he makes up for it on a kickoff. So Wilson's now up 28-10. to 10. They stop Springfield on the next series, and when Wilson gets the ball back, we're now into the fourth quarter, and Avani Locker took over. He was running guys over, would not quit. It would take two, three, four guys, hits, tackle attempts to bring him down. He put Wilson up 35-10. to 10. Uh, but Ryan Angro, you know, give Springford passing oh game gosh. that offense credit. He threw it for 408 yards. Yeah. I believe it was uh, not only a personal this record, is, but a Springford record. And this is a great onside kick. You got the bounce, pounce, and then it pops up really high. Yeah. Brady did a great job of going up. Yeah, he it. got leveled. Yes. Um, so it was 35 to 17. Wilson recovers the onside kick. And the next play, Caleb Brown puts an exclamation point on the game, just saying, you can't hang with us. And he puts Wilson up for their final score to go up 42 to 17. Now you're going to see the Rams here. 
they add another one late after a few big passes, um, and that was the name of the game on the evening. You know, the, yeah. the, if the first guy couldn't couldn't tackle the guy on the the quick slant, he, he usually found the middle wide open. And they also made a couple nice passes down the sideline. And here, once again, you're going to see a, a double move, um, and number four gets the score. A nice catch, yeah. To get a they had down. a couple of them. I mean, they have yeah. very talented wide receivers, and, and the quarterback was when he had time, he was doing really well. Yeah, like so. It, it's now 42 to 23. Springford still thinking they can put up a few more scores, but Ethan Capitano there uh, kind of puts an exclamation point on it right there, ending uh, a- ending any attempt at a late, late Springford comeback. But the the name of the game there was what happened in that you know four minute period. Yeah, it in changed the, second the game quarter. completely. Like we talked about, the offense was um, they couldn't quite put it all together. They had moved the ball. They you know they. Shown that they could do that, it's just kind of finishing off the drive and things like that. And they were able to get that going finally uh, in that second quarter. And then the defense and special teams came through too to just kind of keep it going. So there was no let up really there, um, no. which was which is great. You know, you like to see them. They w- when I was talking to someone at halftime, we talked that they weathered the storm. You know, at the beginning, like you know, we got the ball first, weren't able to really do a whole lot. Got gave them the ball, they score. We go, we drive down, turnover, but then we, you know, we were able, our defense kind of held steady there till the offense just unleashed a barrage there for a few minutes. And yeah, like you said, great. there was um, no panic, there was resiliency. You Things know, they, you like to see that they, they changed their game plan on offense well, that, you know, when they went and that opened it up. I mean, they kind of went back to what their bread and butter is eventually, but doing the quick passes to Troy and right. the receivers help things, you know, stretch the field a little bit. Right. They loosened up the defenders and, uh, you know, they took because advantage of, uh, of turnovers. Everyone knew going in, like, you you want to feed the ball to Lockhart and, and Leonard. You know, you want to give those guys the ball in the backfield. And to show that we're able to complete those passes was, was huge because then um, you just – they can't just sell out to stop the run, you know. So that that's, it just changes things a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So – Again, um, you know, team effort, but a few individuals standing out. Uh, Caleb Brown, great game. Troy Corson, again, a great game. Uh, but I think uh, on the evening, the the guy who is going to get the nod for our player of the game this week is Avanti Lockhart for his contributions on both sides of the ball. He ended up rushing 14 times for 109 yards and two touchdowns, both of which you saw. He also had two catches for 30 yards, and then from his linebacker spot, he added two tackles and a fumble recovery. Yeah, it's a really solid all game all the way around. Um, we also saw in one of the plays, he had a heck of a stiff, a stiff arm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I actually I had a couple good pictures of, of him like that, but two of them where he was running people over, I missed the focus. The background right, was right, in focus. Right. And then the other um, – one of the sideline guys stepped in the way as he's like stiff arm. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, I had this great picture and there's just like part of a pole, like right, right, right. over Avanti. I was like, no, that was the shot. So, but you know, that happens sometimes, Yeah, but guess yeah, had to be there. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. So Avanti Lockhart is our player of the game this week. Uh, great all around game and well earned. And, you know, absolutely. We know that Caleb and Troy are going to get one one of these years. I feel like we've mentioned them all three right. weeks now because they've had great games uh, the first three weeks of the season. Uh, same thing well, with Brady Gibble. We talked about Avani last, uh, last week, too. We're like, he scored three touchdowns really quick. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and Mason Leonard, too. Obviously, he easily could have been t- t- the player of the game right. for that. Um, for all his contributions and all these guys are making a name for themselves and they'll, they'll get it. We just went a little bit uh, different the first two weeks of the season. So it's put us behind the eight ball with some of these uh, big name skill players, but they'll all uh, make contributions the rest of the season and and they'll get their uh, time in the spotlight for sure. So, um, well, we did, like I said earlier, we caught up with a few people after the game with some interviews so we're going to hit that for you right now, back-to-back. Back. First up is going to be with the players. We talked to Nate Hoekstra, Alex Gibble, and Troy Corson, and then we're going to hear from Coach Dom. So the real quick, just a couple minutes each, and then uh, we'll wrap up Stringford and move on to our preview of the Mannheim Central game. Go ahead. 
All right, joining me post-game now, we're going to focus here on the defensive side of the ball, talk with Nate Hoekstra, Alex Gibble, and Troy Corson. Uh, we, we talked to Mason last week, so we're going to say bye to him, although he had a great game tonight, didn't he, guys? What, what, a, what a performance by Mason again. But you guys, you know, defensive performance against Springford, they, they like to open it up. They got 23, but, man, you guys look good against their, uh, their dynamic wide receivers, and uh, their quarterback, Engro, is amazing. You know, uh, what, what are you thinking after this victory? Uh, honestly, we didn't do enough. I can't believe need, that uh, they lost their Limit those big plays that we always seem to give up, and that's always been a problem for us, even last year. Yeah, so we're still hungry to get that down. And plus, this was our first team that we played that was mostly like a passing team. We got a big one up next week, so it's just like a little stepping stone for us. Work those yeah, coverages. Yeah, absolutely. It's just about coming into this week of practice, focusing, getting better, and getting ready for Manheim Central. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of Manheim Central, they play Warwick tonight. Um, they got beat up pretty good, 37-7 to by the Warriors. Uh, but Manheim Central is coming to Gursky next week. Uh, I know you guys all are going to want a little bit of uh, vengeance after last oh, year. Yeah. Felt like you let one get away. Well, what do you think you're going to be focusing on this week in practice? Vengeance. <laughs> we need to channel all of our rage and just turn it all on those Manheim Central Barons. And definitely on defense, we got to learn to stand on man longer because they obviously have – uh, a good quarterback. Yeah, Evan Simons Evan going to Rutgers. Simons. Yep. Yep. Very yeah, ab absolutely. Just staying on the receivers, learning the routes, and just getting better every day. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, guys, I don't want to hold you. I know you want to go and grab some food and get home. <laughs> so congratulations on the victory. Great performance once again. Another win. That's what we like to see. And we look forward to welcoming the Barons to Gursky next Friday. Thank you Thanks, so guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, we're post-game after Victor over Springford with Wilson head coach Doug Doms. Coach, what did you like this week? Before we get to the things we need to focus on, what did you like against Springford tonight? I think our special teams played very well again. I mean, we had a punt return for a touchdown and call back. Uh, we had a block punt. Uh, we had a kickoff return for a touchdown. We recovered a very, very good onside kick. Uh, so, you know, special teams are playing well. That's positive. Offensively, we started a little slow. Yes. You know, they, we knew they were going to blitz a lot, and, you know, I think we were a little tentative initially and not getting after it, but uh, Avanti ran. He ran hard. Madman. Yeah, he know? was. He was running real hard. I think tonight. he's trying to make a statement that he can play running back in college. <laughs> but, he certainly uh, looked that way yeah. tonight. But, you know, that's, I mean, defensively, we're tough with a run, but, you know, they have four good wideouts. Yeah, right. I mean, some of those, pa the passes. You know, the passes down the sideline were up, you know, outside shoulder, right on the money. Perfect passes, receiver, yep. You know, there's, and where we had coverage on. Nothing you're going to do about that. Same with the back of the end zone. But we did have a lot of breakdowns in our coverage that we got to. Uh, like I said, we have an inexperienced secondary. So, you know, we'll spend some time, you know, if we can keep winning, they're only going to get better as they keep looking at films and, you know, seeing their mistakes. Is there a possibility of seeing Matt Fry back in the lineup soon, or is he still out for a few more weeks? He's, he's still on the shelf. Okay. Yeah. Right, well, I mean, yeah, the way that uh, Mason Leonard, Eli Rotenberg, Alex Gibble, uh, Troy Corson played tonight, you know, you mentioned there were a few miscues, a few mistakes, but overall against this team that can throw out so yeah. many talented receivers, uh, it was a positive experience. But you mentioned special teams, what, what play from them, Mason on that side of the ball. And uh, it, did you see something? Did Jeremy see something at the beginning after the offense started slowly? Was there something that changed in the game plan after you saw the blitzing, or was there something that they were able to switch, or was it more uh, of them calming down and relaxing and just running the way you'd expect them to play? I don't know that they showed us anything we hadn't worked against, but you know they they moved typically they moved their tackle to a one tech. They had him head up on the nose, and they were playing some games there, and uh, we just had to clean up a couple of calls and make sure we were making the right line calls and. And once we did that, you know, the way Avanti was running and, you know, then we started taking control up front. Well, it certainly looks like this year LL Section 1 is absolutely stacked with the uh, results elsewhere around the league tonight with uh, Warwick beating Mannheim Central 37-7 to and Central Dolphin falling to Mannheim Township 10-7. to um, Do you make anything from those, uh, from those scores against opponents that you're going to play all of them or you have already played one of them? Do, do, does that come into play when you're talking about future matchups? I just, the, the league is loaded, like you said. I mean, you know, we're back to the league of old when there was four teams that could win it. Possibly win know, it, yep. And we got four teams, probably that maybe five if you throw Cedar Crest in uh, there. They beat York you know, High tonight. Yeah, that, that's five teams that can uh, that can win it. So it's going to see uh, who can stay healthy, who can win the close one, and 
you know, but, you know, it doesn't get any easier, so. Well, big one next week back at Gursky against Mannheim Central, and we look forward to a huge crowd there, and we thank you for joining us once again, Coach. Thank you. Good luck. Good job. All right, so those are our post-game interviews with football players and Coach Doms, and, uh, yeah, anything else to say about the Springford game? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I think, like we said, and, and the players and, and coaches kind of said too, there were things that um, they did really well. There's plenty to work on, um, but they, um, you know, hopefully they can go back and they can get better. You know, it was, while we talked, you know, from Parkland to CD and then CD to Mifflin and then Mifflin to Springford, like you wanted to see things get better. And I think there were a lot of things that we have seen them get better on. Um, but it was kind of like the first time for a lot of the stuff that we saw from Springford too. So like, yes, you can talk about, Oh, I want to see the improvement here, but yeah, this is the first team where we've seen where they're going to really just sit back there and just try and pick you apart. Right. I think I read that like um, Springford average less than one yard per carry. Um, oh, really? Yeah. I, I think have, uh, I, that was think my I next thing that. to bring up the stats. Yeah, so but, that's a good, good segue. Good yeah. Segue. I think, I think I read that. So like, now they they got it through the air though. So Yeah, right, you know. they made up for it, but right. uh individually speaking, uh Caleb Brown, the Wilson quarterback, uh he actually led the team in rushing. He ended up with 115 rushing yards with the long being that 67-yard touchdown run. Avanti, as we already mentioned, had 109 rushing yards with two touchdowns. Jaden Jones, a sophomore, also came in near the end and he had 7 for 56 and uh Receiving wise, we talked Troy Corson, huge impact there. Seven for 64 on the score. Avanti, we mentioned two for 30. Brady had that big one for 31. And then Mason had the shovel for 22, which led to a touchdown. And uh, yeah, for the Rams, Engro, Ryan Engro was 25 of 49 for 408 yards, two touchdowns with a long of 40. Now, Wilson did sack him three times, uh, but Dante Bonani, the returning uh, senior receiver for them, had 174 yards. Now, he didn't have any of the touchdowns. Uh, that was saved for um, B.J. Beard. He only had three catches for 32 yards, but two of them were for scores. And Blaise Garcelli, who that name may sound familiar because his older brother, was a, a, a very strong Rams player a couple years ago. Uh, he also hold, hauled in six catches for 115 yards. Uh, defensively speaking, before we get to the team stats, uh, Wilson was led by uh, Anthony Coper with seven and a half tackles, one for loss, um, which was a sack. And Troy Corson on the defensive side also had seven and a half total tackles. A.J. Futrick, we mentioned, he had the big strip sack that was recovered by Avanti. He had six and a half tackles. Two of a half of them were for a loss. He also had two pass breakups and uh, and a sack, the, the sack that led to the fumble. Uh, and Mason, six tackles for him as well. And uh, Alex Gibble, four from his safety spot. And Nate Hoekstra, three and a half. So a um, lot of good team tackling, a lot of good individual numbers. They were swarming to the ball. That wasn't an issue right. when the when the player came across the middle or, uh, you know, they tried to do a, a, a running play. The guys were there. So cut down on a little bit of the open field, quick slant passes. And like Coach Tom said, some of the deep balls were just so well thrown, there was nothing the corners could do. Right, you saw that in the highlights. Yeah. Some of them, like, we had guys there. It was just a perfectly thrown ball, well-run route, and they make the play. Yeah. So it happens sometimes. So here you go. Pretty even in first downs. Wilson ended up with 20, but Springford had 19. But the rushes, like Justin mentioned, Wilson, 38 for 264. Springford, 25 for 27. So yeah. just a hair over one yard per carry for the Rams. And, uh, you know, total offensive, really even again, 58 plays for the Bulldogs, 425 yards, 74 plays for Springford, 435 yards. Not that far off at all. Possession time, not much different, 23-37 to 24-23 in favor of the Rams. Third down conversions, Wilson hit on about 50%, whereas Springford was more on one out of three. And uh, Wilson did well in, on fourth downs as well. Now, they couldn't convert one that they attempted, but when the Rams went forward on fourth, they only converted one. Unfortunately, it was for a touchdown. Right, right. Uh, but they were one that of was five. After they had four, that was their fourth try from the one-yard yeah, line. So. Four, it was the fourth try from the one-yard line. And I don't know that there was anything definitive to say he definitely got in. I, there I was enough see. of a pile and a push 
that uh, they gave it to him. Right. But from where I was standing, I, I could not tell. Right. I had no idea. Right. So benefit of the doubt to the offense and the officiating there. So all around strong, strong uh, performance by the Wilson defense on the evening. So we're going to now move towards our Mannheim Central preview. Just got to pull up that the stats and info on that. All right, here we go. So, Mannheim Central, like I mentioned, not uh, you know a, a somewhat familiar foe of Wilson. They haven't played them a ton. They um, they actually played them when they were uh, Mannheim Borough. That's what Mannheim Central was before they became well Mannheim Central. And uh, as Justin and I mentioned earlier, they played just last year, and then they played in a four-game set in the late 2000s, early 2010s, and then uh, met up as Section 2 foes in the late 90s. And it's always been a pretty split, pretty even match. 98-99, 1-1, 2008-2011, through 2-2, I believe. Wilson won in 08, and... Yeah, I think I think that it was ended up two and two there, and now um, and I'm Central got the better of the Bulldogs last year, and Wilson will look to return the favor this Friday night at Gursky. So, who are the Barons? Well, they're coached by Dave Hahn. This is his fifth season, and in five years and fifty five games, and en- entering the season, he was forty eight and seven. Um, so really didn't miss a beat after the the great Mike Williams uh, retired following the, I think, 2014 was his last season there. They were 6-0 and and Section 2 champs of the LL League in 2018, and they finished the season 14-1 and overall. They beat our rival, Governor Mifflin, in the playoffs, as well as Cedar Cliff and their Section 2 rival, Cocalico, to win the District 3 5A championship. They then won their state semifinal game against Upper Dublin before falling in a very close state title game to Penn Hills, 36-31. to So, Mannheim Central had one heck of a team last year, but they do lose a lot, but they have their Division I college quarterback returning. Evan Simon, who I mentioned in the interview, is committed to Rutgers, but he has been he is a four year or this is his fourth year as a starter for the Barons. And I mentioned earlier, um, they've never been short on quarterback talent. Um, the probably the biggest before Evan Simon was Jeff Smoker, who Wilson got to play against in 1998 and 1999. So up until last week, Mannheim Central had been riding a 26, 27 game regular season unbeaten streak. They hadn't lost since um, about this time. I think it was later. I think it was end of September 2016 was the last time they lost a regular season game. But as we mentioned in the interviews and in the preview, Mannheim Central fell to Warwick at Warwick 37 to 7 last week. So that was a little bit of a shock. But Mannheim Central, maybe not the Mannheim Central that they have been recently, especially not the team that uh, they were last year. And why is that? Well, the biggest thing is, well, it's twofold. They lost um, stud running back linebacker Tyler Flick, who actually um, holds the program record uh, for rushing. Last year he rushed for over 1,800 yards and 33 touchdowns, so he's gone. But even bigger, and I think a lot of teams would tell you this, especially Wilson with the way Wilson is made up this year, uh, they lost a bunch of their linemen who were multi-year starters. Um, four are gone. They were, had to replace four starters, only one back. And uh, it, it's just a, a tough a little bit of a tur- lots of turnover. Uh, you know, I don't want to call it a, a rebuilding year because Mannheim Central, much like people say about Wilson, they tend to just reload. Uh, but some of these these uh, teams, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of an ebb and flow, and this could be one of those years for Mannheim Central uh, that's slightly down. You know, maybe they only win eight games in the regular season this year rather than their nine or ten. But um, the talent is still there for sure. They uh, they they beat Hempfield earlier this season, uh, uh, just last well two weeks ago now in week two, and they also beat Susquehanna Township and. Returning wise, besides Evan Simon, um, he does have the Wagner twins returning, um, who combined for 16 touchdowns last year. 
uh, tight end Jake Martin and someone familiar to the Wilson program, um, their H-back Jake Harbach, um, his, whose father played for the Bulldogs, is back. And he actually, Jake actually scored one of Mannheim Central's touchdowns against the Bulldogs last year as a junior. Um, but yeah, they're only returning, I think it's like 10 starters last year. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's tough sailing for them. They're, it's that, that, that theory that I mentioned that people always talk about these great programs, uh, you know, reloading, not rebuilding, could be tested at Manheim Central this year. And I know Wilson would love to be one to uh, make it feel that way and drop them to two and two. Yeah, and you know it, it's just one of those things that it's um, it, it's going to be tough. You know, like we we were talking about this last week. Um, you know, I I feel like in a way Wilson understands what it's like to be on the um, receiving end of one of those Warwick games where they just get it going. You know, um, yeah. But we also know how like that kind of that. W- we feel, you know, I think back to last year. I I don't think that we feel, and I say we, meaning the team and everything, would feel that that one game was indicative of our of our season or even the team. You know what I mean? We kind of not not that Warwick didn't earn it. They certainly earned right. it that night. They they took it to us. Um, but I I don't think that that one game last Friday is necessarily indicative of this Manheim Central team. You know, like. You've got a great experienced quarterback. You've got kids that understand what it takes to win, you know, and to win close games and to win big games. You know, they they made the state final last year, right. correct? Yeah. So like, you're, yeah, you're they not, lost to Penn Hills, thirty six, thirty one. Right. So you're not just talking about like a, a team that kind of came out of nowhere and has made runs. And no, these kids grow up knowing what it's like to win. Right. And so they're not just gonna like calmly take it and be like, oh, you know, oh well. You know, guess it. Guess you know we didn't win this one. No, that's not how it goes. You know they're going to be more than ready to go. They're going to be fired up. Yeah, they're going to be ready to go. Yeah, and they're going to be out to try and prove something. You know, Um, so it's one of those things where I. It's a dangerous. I hope our guys are ready. You know, Um, and and we talked about this last week. We talked about it every week now. Like, you know that that's kind of my fear is that I I know what our guys are capable of, or at least have an idea of what they're capable of. But if you're not ready to go, anybody can get you. So, we, you know, I feel like we're going to be somewhere in between here, between what we saw the first couple weeks and what we saw last week. You're not going to have Mannheim Central out there trying to throw it, you know, 50 times. Again, it was not me this time. It wasn't you this um, time. Uh, the show's not over, though, so it, there's still a chance. There's, there's time. But like, time. It, it's one of those where, you know, when, when you look at it, I just, you know, it, it's going to be a great game. Like, and you know, it, Mannheim Central is going to be ready to go. I feel like Wilson, we, we talked to them. They feel like they have something to prove too. So you get two teams that kind of have the chip on their shoulder, um, usually leads to an exciting game. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, but it should be a fun Friday night at, at Gersky. Yeah. And I, I think the 37 to seven is a little deceptive. Absolutely. You know, cause for a while we were like, what's the score? What's the score? And it was. What was it like? It was like fourteen seven. Well, yeah, it was like it was, then, yeah, it was like ten nothing or seventeen seven or fourteen. You know, however yeah. the field goals touchdowns, but like it was close. It was close, and then all of a sudden Warwick pulled away like quickly. You know, right. it could have been uh, the Barons forcing. You know, just right. trying to get something done, and it and it went the other way quickly, yeah. and just but the I wheels think- fell off. But it was at Warwick, so that doesn't right. ever help. Now we get him at Gursky, which helps us. Right. But I also on the flip side, like I understand, like. We've seen this Warwick team. We saw them real good last year. We thought, like, they are really good. So, mm-hmm. like, losing to them doesn't mean that you're bad. You know? No, like, no, 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 right. no, 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 no. No, no, And I know that wasn't what you're – but it's just, like, it's hard to put a, a finger on what exactly that game was last Friday. Um, and, you know, once you fall behind and late, if you're trying to take chances that you wouldn't typically take – there's all kinds of stuff. But right. you know that they're going to refocus and they're going to be ready to go on Friday. And our guys uh, – Hopefully, are are ready to to rise up and meet that challenge. Yeah, it, it's uh it's gonna be one heck of a game. So, um, but why don't we take a couple minutes here and watch the Warwick Manheim Central highlight that is posted on Huddle, and that should give us a little bit of a better idea of exactly what went down in Lidditz last Friday night. And uh, 
we will wait for this ad to play and and not worry <laughs> about that and then we will uh see uh see what was going on between the warriors and the barons and uh here we go so um well we don't need that up there right now do we now so Yeah. Yeah, McCracken has been on fire. Yes. And uh, well, we're going to see fourth down deep in Manheim Central Territory. Beautiful throw. And there, there you go. So Warwick got on the board first, seven to nothing. And this is all from the Warwick point of view. So we're probably not going to see any mm-hmm. Manheim Central highlights here. But uh, Caleb Schmidt seems to be his uh, main point of contact here. Um, on a, now on a screen pass. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, this is just, you know, we'll just keep talking while this plays so that those watching you can kind of check out. I see, uh, we're able what, to get pressure on Simon. Warwick, you know? yeah, and Manheim Central. That was one did. of the things, you know, that, that line is still coming together for Manheim Central, but you know that's going to progress as the season goes on. So, um, you know, they had to replace a lot from a state caliber team in here. They got somebody back behind and off they go. Yep. And that is not Trey glass as he is out for the season Yeah, for Warwick. So they have guys stepping up guys that were playing though last year. They, the, the amount of guys that Warwick has back, um, pretty impressive, including, you know, one of the best, uh, recruits in the nation for the 2021 cycle in, uh, Rucci. Yeah. And, uh, you know, McCracken too. And both of them are back next year. Now, I don't know much about, I don't know anything about the receivers and running backs if right. they're back next year, but at least the quarterback and right. big offensive tackle will also be back in 2020. So, yeah, it also gives us a nice preview of what's to come weeks yeah. down the line. But obviously, the coaching staff and the players are more interested in what's happening right. with Mannheim Central. And, uh, you know, it's it just it just kind of reminds me of the way uh, Wilson was in 2017 and 2018. Like they right. still have guys that are good football players, but they just couldn't put it all together. Maybe there was a weakness here or there, uh, or the other teams were just flat out either just better. You know, right. you don't you know like Wilson was in every game the two years that people talk about being a down year, you know, years they went eight and four. Right. Like even, eight and four. Even the game last year at Warwick, they were able to, um, you know, like they had some chances right before half to, to really kind of change things around and right. it got out of hand quickly. But um, it was one of those things where, so we, we've seen that and we know that, that that can happen against Warwick. So, you know, I'm not, like you said, I'm not looking a whole lot into the score of that game. I mean, you look into it a little bit. You know, Warwick obviously handled their business, but um, you know, you you know, we're going to see probably a, a better uh, version of Mannheim Central this Friday than than what they were able to put out on the field last Friday. Yeah, or they're going to be ready to go, just like yeah. Springford was in the first quarter this last week. Like Man. this was a huge game for Springford. They wanted to do it for their coach. They wanted to prove that they could hang with Wilson because they haven't beat they hadn't beaten Wilson. In the first three tries in this right. series, excuse me, and, uh, and they've been really close. They, they have, yeah, they've been very, very close. Um, you know, the first one was epic. Right, you remember that one? Remember? I do remember hearing. About you remember that hearing one. about that one? Yeah, yeah. wearing out that one. Then double overtime, went for two. Wilson stopped him. Uh, I think forty-one to forty. I think at Gursky. Yeah, I believe so. Um, then Wilson went down in twenty seventeen and needed some crazy plays from Iggy. Yeah. Uh, to to leave uh, Royersford with the victory. Yeah. Then last year, they just wouldn't go away. Like, they no. just hung in there. I think it was at like 33-22 or something right. like that. But they just hung around. Same thing this year. You know, they, they, were, they were toe-to-toe with the lead first quarter. And then, you know, if you're a team that just, you know, they bend but not break. They keep fighting. They don't get – either they don't panic, and that's what Wilson did. And – Few things presented themselves. They even got, you know, a punt return for a touchdown call back. That didn't ruin them. They uh, changed things up, drove down the field, got a score, then, you know, blocked punt, fumble recovery, 
and uh, all of a sudden, twenty-one to three, and that was pretty much all she wrote right there. Yeah. So, so you know, like when when we look at it, I I hope that our guys can can build. You know, I I know we kind of mentioned that, and it becomes cliche, but um, you know, there was plenty to learn from in the Springford. Uh, tape and from that experience so hopefully they're able to kind of use that as a learning experience i think uh coach thomas mentioned it in those things when when we can keep learning as we're winning that's always a positive thing yep. you know because you, you need to learn win or lose you, you need to learn from what happened but um if you can keep learning as you're winning that that's a little more fun uh, and so. now three games in you know who you are. Like you have, like all, right. the you, rust you is knocked off. off. You are, you kind of have your identity down, and uh, probably the most positive thing for Wilson is that they've had incredible special teams, yeah. very very strong defense, and the offense has done enough to get it done, right. and uh, has proven that they can do it both through the air and on the ground. Yeah. So you know those are the things that they need to keep refining. You know because like like we said it, it's. We took another step forward on Friday night at, at Springford. Um, you want to keep that moving this week. You don't want to kind of stay still or lose that momentum that you have that you're kind of building through this year. Um, you want to keep it going, and and so so hopefully they can do that um, and and come out and come out ready to go. You know, and, and just do the things that we've seen them be able to do a lot early in the season, and and hopefully, um, you know, in they. Well, they mentioned it right away. The first thing um, that the players mentioned when we interviewed them, you know, how do you feel? And they're like, we need to cut down on the big plays. We need to do better. Yeah, we okay. Like, and that's that's the attitude you want to hear because that's exactly if they came out and were like, look, we're this is about as good as it's going to get. No, that's <laughs> first of all, Dom's probably would have like jumped over. Like, yeah, he would have just like reappeared like over there out of nowhere and probably started screaming at him. But like, you know, that that attitude is not going to get you anywhere. Obviously, so the whole idea of improving and always working on the stuff that you need to, to kind of get better. That's the key. And it sounds like that's what they're going to be doing. And um, that's all we can really ask for is to do that and give our best effort this coming Friday and uh, be ready for a good one at, at Gursky. So the game is at home Friday, seven o'clock. Like Justin said, at Gursky, it is a uh, gold night. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, Wilson's annual, I believe those uh, shirts go on sale at school tomorrow for the yes, students. Yes, that's uh, true. For the students, you can stop by uh, during uh, during school to buy the the gold out shirts. And again, the gold out is uh, kind of a kickoff for Wilson Minithon, yeah. uh, the fundraising window. And again, um, this is to raise awareness uh, and to help fight uh, childhood cancer, pediatric cancer, and that is related to uh, the Penn State. Dance Marathon or Thon through the Penn State Children's Hospital. And Wilson has been running a mini thon now for six years. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's right around there. So, um, you know, come out, uh, support the Bulldogs, um, wear gold, and uh, help out a good cause. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think that's it, though. Do you have anything else to add before we uh, head out of here for the week? No. <laughs> All right. Well, for the Wilson Football Program and Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. Until next time, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.